0: My name is Liz Kennedy. I am the founder of Beauty Magnet. What I love about beauty is the ability to manipulate the way women think about themselves. From New York City, you're listening to Beauty Is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in
1: the beauty industry. My name is Mimi Banks, and this is Beauty Is Your Business. Today's guest is Liz Kennedy, the founder and CEO of The Beauty Magnet. Liz, I'm so excited to be here with you.
0: I know. Thank you for having me. I love, obviously, you know, I love chatting all things beauty and business
1: and life, so I'm excited. Great. And so for people that don't know you, which is probably hard to believe, I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about yourself and just more about Beauty Magnet.
0: Yeah, I definitely have an interesting background. I kind of fell into everything I do by accident. I grew up with a single mom who was a major tomboy and didn't really care about beauty. She was an athlete, she's a double masters from NYU and she was always so confused by her daughter who was like, I love skincare and self-care and I'm a cancer sign so I'm very emotional and I felt really alone growing up that way. So I actually took everything I loved and ended up turning it into a career by accident. I was an esthetician in nursing school I dropped out of nursing school when I started doing a lot of TV work and really fell in love with the education behind beauty because it felt very overwhelming. And there was a lot of women who were really beautiful and really talented with speaking, but they weren't really educated on the skin side of beauty. So I felt like I entered a very niche space and kind of created my own role.
1: First of all, I think that's very inspiring, specifically growing up with a single mom and having that passion from a very young age and your drive is just uncanny and starting from a point of real education to learn about the skin. And how did that impact where you are today with creating Beauty Magnet? Well, when I was
0: an esthetician in nursing school and I started doing these TV segments, I was really fresh to the space. So I was constantly listening to what women were complaining about And half the things that they were bitching about was, I have so much product. When I open my drawers, everything's everywhere. It's a disaster. I feel like everything's a different shape and a different size, and it's very overwhelming, especially when you're a busy working woman or a mom or a stay-at-home mom. We have a million things going on all the time, and if I could save women five minutes... I've done my job, and I really felt like I did that with Beauty Magnet by taking all my favorite pro tools and magnetizing them, hence the word Beauty Magnet. But even further on that, I really believe I've magnetized everything to my life. I grew up very differently than the life I have now, and I believe that's because I am a magnetic being. Human beings by design are spiritual beings. It's not even like foo-foo you know, BS. It's really scientifically proven that we are spiritual human beings and we do magnetize certain things to each other so that's really the the flip side of the mentality of beauty magnet is to make sure that women understand daily while you're doing your ritual while you're spending either 5 minutes or 15 minutes on your face you are a magnet and to remember to
1: be magnetic that's incredible so let's rewind for a second So you created a tool. Tell us about specifically, what's that tool? What's in it? How does the magnet work? Sure,
0: so the magnet is five different skincare tools, which I consider my holy grails. You need a good pair of tweezers. How many freaking tweezers have you lost in your life? Probably a gazillion. So you need a good pair of tweezers. I put a comedone extractor, which helps remove blackheads and whiteheads from the skin post shower or post washing your face. Then I put a rose quartz roller, which is just a really nice feel-good self-care moment, helps with lymphatic drainage, helps reduce redness and irritation. Then I put an eye serum roller because it helps reduce puffiness, swelling and product penetration. The tip is 100% metal, so it's instantly cooling to the touch. And then last but not least, I put a derma roller, which has a 0.3 mm needle, which is completely painless, but it also helps product penetration and cell turnover at night. And when used correctly, it makes your skincare work so much more effectively. I really, really love it. That's amazing. So tell us more about the derma roller. So how do you use it? What do you use it for, for those people who don't know what that is? So derma rollers get a really bad reputation simply because so many people use them incorrectly, but I feel like that's why we're here, right? As experts, it's our jobs to be like, hey, I know you're going to do this, so let me teach you how to do it properly so you don't destroy your face. A derma roller, when used correctly, aka also cleaned correctly, when you use it, you should use it in a T motion across the skin, PM only about two to three nights a week, depending on what your skin can handle. And I always recommend using it on the nights that you don't use any acids. So no exfoliating acids, no retinols. Think more yummy hydrating products like hyaluronic acid, which holds water. It's actually found also in our bodies. Hyaluronic acid is a very fatty acid. It's not an exfoliating acid. Ceramides, which are really rich and creamy, hydrating oils, things like that. And when those two combined, It's chef's kiss, like absolutely amazing.
1: That's amazing. And so you had this vision based on what you heard from women's needs or having messy drawers. And then how did the product come to be? Like walk us through that process because that's incredible. I mean, that's not creating a tool or five tools in one. That's amazing.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Raising capital, it was the most traumatic thing I've ever been through. And I'm about to go through my second raise of now two and a half million dollars. And I'm really not ready mentally, but raising capital is interesting. It took me Four years from the actual concept to then drawing it out on a piece of paper to then working with an engineer, a very good friend of mine, his name is Ben Kaufman. He created a company called Quirky.com and he worked with a bunch of engineers because these engineers helped create products in the U.S. to take things out of China and bring more work and um, entrepreneurship to the States. So I used one of his engineers, his name's Adam, and him and I worked together to engineer something that was aesthetically pleasing and also worked and something that was an all-in-one unit. And then I raised the capital. I raised the first portion of the capital very early on, the 250. And then I raised the second part of the capital a few months after the pandemic. I was going through postpartum. It was coronavirus, obviously pandemic. But it all ended up working out. My investors are fabulous. I have two Muslim investors, which I'm really proud of being half Israeli and half American. They're amazing guys who really believe in me and we have a very healthy dynamic and they're the best. They don't bother me a lot. They're like the best type of investors. (laughs) So I got really, really lucky with that.
1: And that's great. And for people who are actually listening to this and want to raise capital or want to meet with investors, What is some advice that you can give them? Because four years is a long time. It is. It takes a long
0: time, especially if you're creating something that doesn't exist. You can easily create something like this. The mold exists, and then you put a formula into it. If you're creating a mold that does not exist, it takes a lot of time, a lot of patents, a lot of lawyers. It's really, really grueling. And I would say the biggest thing I would do and remind myself is it typically takes over a year to raise capital. It took me about a year, and I would say, month or two. And I thought that was forever, but that's from what I found out. It's actually very standard. And if you are raising capital, if you can do it by yourself, I would suggest to do it by yourself. If you can use your own money. In my case, everything was really expensive because again, the mold didn't exist. But if you are going to raise, I would suggest going to people that already know your space because If I'm an investor and I love investing in beverage and alcohol, I'm not really going to care about beauty. To be honest, they don't really give a shit about us. You need to go to people that are in your space, that are passionate, that are excited about you as a person and that really care.
1: So now I'm sure people are really obsessed with the concept because I know that I always lose my tweezers. I know that I need a derm roller. I know that I need all of these things. So the fact of having it all together makes my day. And I think about, you know, every time I tweeze my eyebrows, but if somebody else wants to buy, if they want to get a beauty magnet, where can they get one? You can go on
0: beautymagnet.com. We're also doing QVC in the winter, which is really exciting. I grew up watching QVC, I'm from upstate New York, so I've always really loved everything on there and I'm such a sucker for it. So I'm really excited to be doing that
1: and we will be hitting major retailers. That's incredibly exciting. And I think what's also incredibly exciting is the other work that you do as a TV host, because it's not just the typical work as a TV host, but you are there to empower women. You've done a lot of makeovers on the Steve Harvey show. Tell me about your experience in that of the makeovers and how that translates into everything you're talking about being a beauty magnet.
0: Well, it kind of dates back to when I first came to the States, my parents separated and I came from Israel and my name was Sivan. I didn't speak great English. I had big frizzy hair I was the weird one, and I've always been real, real thin my whole life. I looked like my dad, like a complete toothpick. People call him Pee Wee Herman, and I looked like that growing up, and I realized just how cruel women can be to each other, and I kind of had this ugly duckling syndrome that I kind of came into myself, and I would always tell my now husband that, I really don't like the way women speak to each other. I don't like the way they act to each other. And if I can, again, manipulate the way they think about themselves and the way they view other women and inspire them to spend time with women that don't look just like them or think just like them. And if I can take beauty externally and internally and create a brand that does both, I don't see that quite often. I see a lot of beauty brands that are doing it because they have a really unique product or they have a special ingredient, or perhaps they just want to create something. But I'm not really seeing people hit both. So that was really my agenda with it.
1: I love that. It's all about the inner and outer beauty. That's very empowering. And it's also surprising. If you can see Liz right now, if you haven't looked her up already, she's absolutely stunning. So the people that ever had anything to say... I did not wake up looking the way
0: I do on social media. Trust me. (laughs) I try to be really transparent. I feel like I'll show people when my hair is like crazy and my baby's screaming. Cause when I go on social it's to educate or to show like what I'm doing. But uh, yeah, I don't wake up looking put together.
1: Really. It was Instagram versus reality for sure. Not always the same. And so when you talk about this translates very, very well to like you talk about being magnetic. I mean, you have a magnetic personality and the tool is called the beauty magnet and your brand is beauty magnet. So you mentioned lightly that there's a lot in store in the future. What's next? So we want to do everything as a play on
0: magnets. So when we create the skincare, they're going to be magnetic vials, the tools and the skincare will be interchangeable. So for example, Mimi wants to go on vacation. She doesn't want everything. She doesn't want to bring a million bottles. She wants her cleanser. She wants maybe tweezers, maybe a comedone extractor because she's in the heat and she's going to get some blackheads and tweezers to, you know, we get those random chin hairs, right? And an SPF. So you want four magnets. You don't want everything. You're going to be able to take everything and interchange them all while putting it in a beautiful case that you can throw in your bag, take on the go. But then when you come home, it can be on your counter and it's still aesthetically pleasing. And again, just easy. Women don't want, I mean, if you could see my desk, I've got hundreds of products in bottles of different shapes and sizes. And I want to kill that. And I want to bring back simplicity while being aesthetically pleasing.
1: I think simplicity is key. No one has time anymore for the 12 step skincare routine. They want something that works and something that to your point, travel is back now. So the fact that you can travel with it even better. Yeah. And you know, to
0: be honest, it's like, I see a lot of brands, including Glow Recipe and Kosas and all these really cool brands in Sephora. So now they have refillable bottles or refillable vials, which is really exciting for someone like me because I was like, "Oh, are people going to like this? Are they going to think it's lame because the bottle's not really gorgeous? People are more conscious now of the earth and our environment. And do I really need 500 products on my countertop? It's a little ridiculous. And it feels very overwhelming walking into a space like that. So I'm noticing that people are becoming really modern, even in their home aesthetic, right? Not a bunch of tchotchkes everywhere and knickknacks and everything. It's very streamlined, simple, modern.
1: That's a great point about sustainability and your carbon footprint. And so what you're essentially doing now is eliminating a ton, a ton, a ton of waste with everything because a the repurchase of the tweezers you don't have to because it's all together and you're not going to lose them and need like six different kinds. So how important is sustainability in your brand? It's not the main DNA
0: of it, but it is really important to me because I was influenced by Gen Z and how it's important to them and that we need to take care of our planet because that's all we got. So I was actually really influenced by them on TikTok, seeing how important it is to them. And it started to make me think, you know, looking around, wow, I do have a million freaking bottles everywhere. It's ridiculous. None of it is biodegradable. Fast fashion is killing the planet. People wear things once, toss it or... Or it just ends up in landfills. And same thing as skincare, a lot of it's not biodegradable. So I start to think like, okay, if I'm going to have a beauty brand, I need to be conscious of these things because I want to I want to
1: walk the walk and talk the talk. I don't want to just say it. Right. Totally makes sense. And speaking of not just walking the walk, how much did your schooling, being an esthetician and a nursing school, has that impacted what you're doing, um, the messaging that you put out or even just your brand ethos you know when i became an esthetician
0: it was actually really hard for me my mom was like so what does that mean my dad was like "What's well, so you're gonna pop pimples the rest of your life it was considered like a dumb girl's job like oh she's not educated so she's an esthetician or you know you like deal with people's pimples that's lame and like low class And now it's become one of those things where everyone's obsessed with skincare and everyone really wants to take care of themselves. So it's funny looking back at how I was kind of humiliated for wanting to do that. And now it's become like a global phenomenon and it's, it's something everyone talks about. So the education at the time was kind of frowned upon. And now I'm getting reached out left and right by even people that want to become estheticians because they're inspired by me taking care of myself and educating others. So it's really cool to see it.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. And also it's a whole other level of credibility too, when you're talking about skincare, when you're educating about skincare, that you actually have studied the science behind or understand the reasons why and understand the skin and what it does to your skin. Yeah, it's really cool. And it's also really nice. Like I just love skin.
0: I love different shades. I love that it's the largest organ. It protects us. It tells a story about us. Someone's skin color tells a story about them. And that's so cool. And that's so unique. And I just see skin very differently than others to the point that even when I was younger, I used to like look at my sister's skin and kind of like pick at it, which sounds so bizarre. But I was just so fascinated by how this protects us and makes us who we are and how it heals. And if you get a cut or a bruise, how does that heal? And holy shit, the body can regenerate and do its own thing.
1: Like if you really think about it, it's kind of crazy. No, it's definitely a wild phenomenon to think about the skin actually as an organ versus just something that you deal with every single day. And so you started off, you know, younger, really into skincare, really obsessed with beauty. And then you go to school and now you have a beauty brand and skincare has been part of like your every single day. How does that feel? You know, sometimes, I mean,
0: real talk, I took something that I was so passionate about and self-care was like my form of therapy. Like when someone did something that upset me, I took time and I touched my face and my neck and I, I showed myself love and appreciation. And it was something I was so passionate about. I'd always be, I was the girl in college. It was like, this is how to use this. And this is how to use that. And you're doing that wrong. And now I don't really get to do it solo that much. So now I'm trying to take it back to like, I don't need to film this because it feels really good for me. And I'm in a place mentally where I kind of need 10 minutes alone. And I don't need to film it, like
1: bringing it back to the DNA of why I started doing it. Right, that makes total sense. And so that's actually a very good question is that how do you balance it all now? So you mentioned being a working mom, a beauty business, you're also very active on social media and produce amazing content, we have a lot of brand partnerships. How do you balance it all? You know, I just did a podcast with Olaplex and they asked me this too. I was like, how real can
0: we keep it? And she was so cool. She was like, tell us everything, like keep it real. And I told her, I was like, listen, I'm not a big drinker. I hate the way alcohol makes me feel. It makes my skin dry, dehydrated. I love doing a little bit of an edible it's like having two glasses of wine you wake up i wake up at 5 30 almost every day you wake up perfect i'm a big fan of cbd it helps calm my system calm my nerves and just take me down a few notches so i have that i have a husband who is actually hands-on and he's a great dad he's very helpful he helps me with my business he's my supporter he's my best friend so that really helps And I have a nanny who really loves my family and my child. And all of that together allows me to be a working mom. I mean, I don't know how my mom did it. She had two kids, worked two jobs, went to NYU. It's really hard to be able to do these things without helping hands. It's why back in the Stone Ages, you know, there was communities. Women helped each other with their kids. They breastfed each other's children when the mom had to go take care of the other kids or the husband. It's very challenging when you don't have help. And that's another part of the agenda I have for Beauty Magnet, but that's a few years way down the line. I can't take on a third full-time job. That's how I do it all. I I get by with a little help from my friends.
1: (laughs) No, but I think asking for help is an incredibly important skill to be able to have. Some people are not able to ask for help. And so that's incredible. And then now that you have this help and you have a team, what motivates you? And the other question is, how do you stay motivated? Because burnout is real when you're a founder. Burnout is super real, but I'm not the founder that feels
0: guilty for taking care of myself. I find a lot of my friends are like, oh, I can't, like, I don't have time to go to the spa. And like, I don't have time for this. I'm like... Yes, you need to, you absolutely need to, you cannot operate that way. It's just not sustainable. And to be honest, you know, like as much as we love what we're doing, like we are not, you know, neurosurgeons, we're not going in and making sure someone's heartbeat is still alive. Like you got to keep it real and you got to take care of yourself. And you, I mean, you don't have a choice. I think what motivates me is definitely my son. I definitely, I need to be the mom that he's like, my mom is a badass and no chick can walk through my doors at my house. That's not doing real things. Cause she will destroy her. <laughs> like, it's so important to me because I need him to know that he needs to take women really seriously. And the woman he ends up with needs to be really strong and really smart too. So he definitely motivates me. And then what motivates me daily is I just want to show up the best version of me. I didn't really have that growing up. So for me, it's like I do it for myself too.
1: That's great. And I think that's really inspiring for other people out around there who maybe have an idea similar to the beauty magnet and haven't been able to bring it to fruition. But I think what we've learned about is your passion, your dedication, your resourcefulness and a strong team behind you to help you make things happen for lack of a better word. Yeah, I think also I used to think
0: consultants were BS and that it was kind of like a stupid position, but the consultant I brought on for my team has not only changed my life completely, she's changed my business. She's smart. She's beautiful. She's been in the business for years. And I think having a strong consultant can really change the way your business operates. And it's really just nice to have a sounding board and someone who's, who's on your team and wants the best for you.
1: When you're a solopreneur or you have an idea to be on your own, it's very isolating. It's so isolating. And listen, like, I mean, last week I was dealing with manufacturing
0: issues and I cried alone in the tub to Billy Joel's Vienna. And he's like, what does he say? The lyrics are like, uh, you know, it's basically saying like, slow down. You're so ambitious for a juvenile because I feel like a lot of people feel like I got to get there. I got to get there. And I constantly remind myself, like, I'm not, this is not a rat race. This is my life. And I have to be pragmatic in the way I move. And I have to be cautious in how I treat myself and how I view myself and what I admit to others, because other people will do disgusting, horrible things. But what do you want to magnetize to yourself? And it kind of just is like a full circle moment.
1: And I think that's really important. So what we're taking away here is also about self-care, is that allowing yourself that time to be okay with failure, to be okay with challenges, to be okay with... What happens in that process, which I think is inspiring to be a founder, to be an entrepreneur is not always easy. It's not always the perfect pictures that you see on Instagram. I say this personally also, so I know firsthand what it's like. And I think for those people that are listening that have an idea but are too scared or have self-doubt, out. is one piece of advice that you could give them? The piece of advice
0: I'd give them is to not let, other people will project their insecurities onto you. If you have an idea and you're really strong, like you feel passionate about it, or you wanna get your esthetician license, or you wanna be a rocket scientist, Other people are going to be like, oh, like maybe you shouldn't do that. It's really hard or that's for stupid girls or whatever it may be. People project their insecurities onto you. They project their energy onto you and you really need to be self-aware and you need to understand your own DNA. And then when you do have a company, I think the best thing I've learned is you need to hire out for things that you're not good at. I will never be a good CEO. I'm not good at managing people. I'm not good at dealing with other people's emotions. I'm kind of just like, shut up, stop crying. Let's fucking go. And <laughs> you know, my husband's the complete opposite and he's a fabulous CEO and people love working for him. I know my role is to educate, to sell, do product development and and really be the person behind the mentality of, of what I'm trying to do. And who I'm right? And uh, it's just really important to understand what role you play in your personal life and in your professional life. And don't try to be something you're not. It's never going to work out.
1: It's really also important to know your own strengths and weaknesses. You just talked about what you're good at, but also what your weaknesses are too. And that takes a lot to be able to figure that part out. Yeah. You just have to keep it real with yourself
0: because a lot of people be like, no, I love you. I'm like, no, you don't. No, you don't. I know you don't. <laughs> so let's not pretend that you do because then you can get past that and work on the things that you're perfect at. Whereas the person who's good at the things you're not, you're very complimentary towards each other.
1: So it's building a team, knowing when to ask for help, And staying passionate and true to your vision. That's kind of what I'm taking away from this conversation today. Yeah, without a doubt. Just keeping it real with yourself and everyone around you. It's really important. And so if people want to get in touch with you, where's the best place to find you?
0: I'm old school, probably email, (laughs) but send me a calendar invite. Um, No, I'm just kidding. I would definitely say probably social media, Instagram, Instagram. I love my community there. People, we always like joke around. Like people be like, you know, you didn't like that. And I'm like, yeah. How'd you know? Like my community and my followers are hilarious. They send me memes where it's like, one of my uh, followers just sent me a meme that it was a, like a fake cartoon of someone checking their block list and saying, "Who am I going to remove from the block list?" And then they're like, "Nah." <laughs> like they just know me so well. And they know my personality is like a little snarky. So. It's really cool to have these people that you don't even know kind of really
1: understand you as a human. So yeah, social media for sure. So what's your handle? If they want to find you on social, what channels? What's your handle? My Instagram is
0: at Liz Kennedy and my TikTok is also at Liz Kennedy. And then Beauty Magnet brand itself is at Beauty Magnet.
1: Liz, I can't believe how fast this flew by. I love talking to you. I love learning about your story. I really, I can't get over that ugly duckling part. I'm floored with that (laughs) and how far you've come and just, and how that's really impacted everything you're creating today. This is just the beginning. We're
0: really excited and I'm doing something that no one's done before. So it's a lot of heaviness on on my shoulders, but I know one day I'm gonna look back and be like, damn, it was definitely worth it.
1: And thank you for being so open with us today. I think we all learned a lot. It takes a lot to be vulnerable, a lot to share your weaknesses and even just more about your past. So I really appreciate that. Thank you for having me. This is so fun. I mean, you and I could talk forever, so.
0: (laughs) This has been Beauty Is Your Business. Produced by Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2021. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network. And find prior episodes at beautyisyourbusiness.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. Your brand message can be on this show. Email us to find out more at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com.
1: Thank you for listening.